Content warning. Tone Deaf is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the shows we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I am Warren. I am musically challenged. What the fuck? Don't ask questions. I think we've established at this point in our marriage that I just don't have answers. This is true. And of course, I'm going to do something crappy for the audio. I can't believe that I didn't do this beforehand. Shame, Kay. This episode of Tone Deaf is brought to you by Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. It's not brought to you by them. It's brought to you by the crisp aspartame taste. (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This episode of Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse, is brought to you by Dr. Pepper 10, bold tasting calories, and Mountain Dew Zero Sugar, destroying our bodies one not sugary soda at a time. (laughs) Yep, because, you know, if the Rona ain't going to get us, the aspartame will. (laughs) So I hope that everyone's having a good uh, week. Uh... As good of a week as you can have. Sorry that we're a little late with this episode. I got sick. <laughs> How dare you get sick in this time of pandemic? I know, right? At least it wasn't the Rona, so... No, it wasn't the Rona. Yep. So, before we get into the show for today, we are going to do our first ever edition of the newly... Of the... Not newly recurring. It is newly recurring segment. The new segment... The newly semi-annual re-recurring pre-release? Yes, the Sumer... <laughs> God damn it. You're trying to banter insanity with me. Uh, I am. <laughs> so, this is the first ever edition of our recurring segment, Tiger King Musical Watch. <laughs> so, those of us who follow us on Twitter will know that Andrew Lippa, composer for the Adams Family Musical, has been working on a Tiger King musical, and folks... <laughs> First song and first video is here, and Kristen Chenoweth is fucking killing it. It was... It, I did not know what to expect, and uh, I was not disappointed. I was, what I was oh my gosh. That is the role that she was born to play, is Carol fucking Baskin. I really hope that when this is all over, you know, for real, like, get it together. Start, yeah, start, yeah. Yeah, because... Cause, uh, because I want to see it now. Yes, it's it's amazing. So, uh, Little Pieces, uh, Andrew Lippa was uh, posting snippets from the song for a little while. And at first we're going like, okay, this is funny. They're not really going to do it. I mean, we can't get our hopes up that high. Holy shit, folks. It is fucking great. Mm-hmm. I, I will have Little Pieces stuck in my head for the rest of my life. Just... Little pieces, mm-hmm. little pieces. Yep, yep. I was trying not to sing it when you were talking about it because then I knew it was going to get stuck in my head again. So thank you, Kay. <laughs> it's better than getting any of the actual songs from Tiger King stuck in your head. Like that one day mm-hmm. that you and I both had the Tiger song stuck in our heads and I guess we were both in hell. Fair. I guess that's fair. <clears throat> this, was, this is just so great. Um, 
they also uh another song has been produced um and I want to say that the writer for that one is, isn't Andrew Lippa. The writer for that one, if I can pull it up, because it, it like it just dropped. It, it just dropped uh, right before the weekend started. Um, the writer for that one is Carmel Dean. And Philippa Sue performs, performs that one, and it's uh, Saf's song, Saf being the uh zookeeper who got his arm ripped off by mm-hmm. a tiger i do and like that on the course through the course of the song they they properly gender saf yeah still saf still is, calling saf he because saf is misgendered throughout the whole oh my god yeah but you know saf is the true hero anyway side so. side note though because we watched episode eight of tiger king oh where my they, god they did like interviews with a lot of the people in the documentary yeah. just to see how you know how they're doing after the the documentary had aired and mm-hmm. they talked to saf and Saf was really cool, and I like uh, one of the questions they asked was how you know they continuously misgendered you in the in mm-hmm. the documentary. You know how did you feel about that? And Saf was like, honestly, it didn't bother me. It's like I think it bothered everybody else more than it did me. Yeah. And you and I had that conversation. It's like, well, Saf being transgendered, indigenous person living in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's like Saf probably had to develop a very thick skin very early on. So mm-hmm. Saf's just like, yeah, fuck mm-hmm. you, whatever. <laughs> yep. So Saf. I stand. I stand, Saf. Um, anyway, y'all, you need to go check out. Uh, you can find it on Andrew Lippa's SoundCloud for little pieces. Uh, also, if you look on YouTube, he's got the music video for it. Also, you should just follow Andrew Lippa's Twitter because it's amazing. So He's a funny guy. He, he is a funny motherfucker. Um, anyway, now let's go on to the show that we're here to talk about for an hour or more. So Warren watched a lot more of Jerry Springer than I ever did because I was a nerd who watched PBS all day. Um, cause Kay, Kay didn't try to get out of school as much as possible like I did. <laughs> uh, and so when I'd be staying home from school with a bellyache or whatever, I'd be watching white trash daytime TV. And who is the king of white trash daytime TV but Jerry Springer? Mm-hmm. I bet that you won't know, though that in England, Jerry Springer was the perfect subject for an opera. It's so bizarre to me that it didn't originate here. It yeah. It was in England. It, it, Jerry Springer, the opera, what we are covering today, is British and not American. In fact, it's only been performed in America a couple of times recently, but more on that in a moment. So, Jerry Springer, the opera, was conceived by Richard Thomas after his one-act opera, Tourette's Diva, and his one-man show, How to Write an Opera About Jerry Springer. Uh, uh, so sorry, <laughs> let's go back. Tourette's Diva? Yes. And it, it was a lot of profanity and stuff. And Never before have I known that I needed something so badly until I heard it. <laughs> well, we'll see if I can find video of it. I mean, who knows? Like, stuff that's suddenly being available uh maybe in this pandemic Tourette's Diva will I think be that, shown I think that needs to be my new screen name for things is Tourette's Diva <laughs> oh lord so um both of these shows were performed at the Battersea Arts Center in London in May of 2000 and February of 2001 respectively the latter show, which was the uh, How to Write an Opera About Jerry Springer, came back to Battersea in May of 2001, <laughs> this time with four singers backing up Richard Thomas. Sounds like the worst self-help book. A self-help book. 
How to write an opera about Jerry Springer. Oh, man. Well, like, so this actually got the attention of investors in England. Of, of course it did. Yeah. And I, I'm just still, I'm sitting here going, I have been to England. I have a lot of English friends. How the fuck did this get so popular <laughs> i can also see it as a way that they're like that they they got behind it because they're yeah look at look at these dumb americans and the stuff that they you know go in for so i, I can just, see it as also getting popular as a way of like making fun of maybe americans. maybe it's just it's so weird like so okay so Stuart lee who is a comedian joined the production and together he and thomas set about writing about jerry springer or writing jerry springer the opera uh, the first run of uh, Jerry Springer, the opera, sold out in August of 2001, and then they returned uh, back to the Battersea Festival in 2002, and all of the advance tickets for that sold out. Like, Brits seem to fucking love their Jerry Springer operas. Like, as in multiple? Well, like, just, they, they ran this show every year. Like, for a little while. Like, not not like, oh, it started in 2001 and closed in 2002. No, these were, like, limited run. It kept coming back. So, and I wonder how true to form it's going to be for Jerry Springer, the, the show. Because it, it, is, it is the apex of garbage, white trash, shock television. Because they just, the... the the shit that they come up with on Jerry yeah. Springer. It, I, like I said, Weird Al's song hits it perfectly. It's a train wreck. You don't want to stare, but you can't look away. I'm like, is it going to be the same in this opera? Is it going to be just yeah, the, the worst of humanity on display for our shock and awe? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I... I don't know why this is... Because I've seen a snippet of the synopsis, and I'm still baffled. You've seen a synopsis? I've seen a synopsis. So, um, in August of 2002, it went to the Edinburgh Festival. And this is when Jerry Springer came to see it and endorsed the opera, quoted as saying, oh, I wish Christ. I'd thought of it myself. Jesus Christ. And there's going to be more on him once it actually goes to the West End. By the way, this went to the fucking West End. <laughs> you know, he probably could have thought of it himself, but he's too busy paying prostitutes with checks. Oh, my God. Well... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, masseuses. Allegedly. No. It's, it's, that, that's the point of the check, is that mm -hmm. he wrote it out to the... Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. No, I, I get you now. I get you now. See, <laughs> I I didn't, I didn't do, know Jerry Springer do, growing up. Do you get me like a masseuse got Jerry Springer? Do you have a firm grasp on the situation? Jesus. Uh, speaking of Jesus, we'll get that to get to that later. So uh, during this point, uh, the opera is still in a workshop state, and it was in Edinburgh where uh, one of the characters, Tremont, was added, and we'll see him when we see the show. Because I am not going to give you any spoilers whatsoever, because just the little bit that I saw of the synopsis, I was like, "What the fuck." <laughs> Can I, from what you know, do you know? Is it an origin story, or is it like just a, it a is day in the life of Jerry Springer's show? Kind of a day in the life of Jerry Springer's show, but okay. not okay. Like, 
I don't know, kind of reminds me of Mephistopheles type stuff a little bit, but not really because there's no deals with the devil, but there's also, anyway. Kay is dry washing their hands furiously, which has me a little concerned. Oh my god, it's crazy. So, um, after the run at the festival, it was brought on for the next season at the National Theatre in London as a fully staged show, uh, no longer in the workshop. This production ran from April of 2003 to September of 2003 with sold-out audiences and proof that this show was successful enough to go to the West End. It opened on the West End at the Cambridge Theatre on November 10, 2003, closing February 19, 2005, in order to start its UK tour. Brits fucking love their Jerry Springer operas. There was supposed to be a 2004 Broadway run but that got canceled, and I'm not sure why. So now we get to go to uh, some of the other reactions. See, once the tour started, this was where the show started to run into problems. Concerned Christian groups are not solely an American thing. The Christian Voice, a British Christian group, as well as the Salvation Army, actually picketed various theaters on the tour, and the Christian Voice actually got a few theaters to pull the tour from their schedule due to protests. Uh, this, <laughs> this may also have been because in January of 2005, BBC Two decided to air a performance of it on TV. Uh, so... The, they aired it on TV to 55,000 complaints, the most ever received wow. by the BBC. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you show an American on British television. Like Now, this is British television where I got some of my first eyeful of nudity on TV. So what you're saying is a dick is less offensive than Jerry Springer. Oh my god. And I'll I'll tell you that you I'll tell you what the the charges were cuz they the Christian Voice actually tried to press charges against this show. Like blasphemy charges. And this is especially evident in Acts 2 and 3 why they would do blasphemy charges. <laughs> Interesting. So Jesus is makes a Jesus is a character in this opera, I will take it. The uh or God or something. The courts were like, verily I can I say thee can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wrote that better. Okay, I'm gonna say my joke again. Verily I say thee can fucketh off. There we go. Verily I say unto thee, fucketh thine own so, face. Brits don't necessarily love their Jerry Springer operas on TV. <laughs> Won't somebody please think of the children? So, uh, the far-right political party, the National Party, also protested the show, and the Christian voice was like, yeah, but we ain't with them. <laughs> uh, there's an often-cited thing about this show saying that there are 8,000 obscenities in the show, which, no. <laughs> uh, the Daily Mail, a totally upstanding news source, uh, claimed that there were 3,168 mentions of the word fuck and 297 of the word cunt. 
BBC, being the ones who had to air the show on TV and thus check how many obscenities were in it to see if it was okay to air, counted only 96 uses of the word fuck and 9 uses of the word cunt, and said, While a substantial number, this is not necessarily unacceptable in terms of late-night terrestrial television. And Stuart Lee said that he only wrote 174 swear words in all into the show, and he would know how many swear words he wrote into the show. So, there's that. I mean, especially if it's in any kind of modern-day Word document or something like that, yeah. you can like open up and be like, search for fuck, search yeah. for cunt, end yeah. of story. So, God. <laughs> search for cunt. <laughs> search for cunt to fuck. God damn it. <laughs> what is the approximate fuck to cunt ratio within the show? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get those numbers from you later and do some math. Hey, I thought you were the one that wanted this show to be educational. <laughs> Before I took it and ran. <laughs> Into the deep end. To embrace Cthulhu and drive us all mad. Oh, you're, you're underwater seagull laughing. Kay is doing the drowning seagull. <laughs> I'm so glad I took my cough medicine before we did this. Okay, so the whole thing did end up going to Parliament, and some of the legal jargon and stuff is not my in my wheelhouse. But basically, uh, they went to the BBC and said, no, BBC, BBC should be okay to keep this on the air because the UK is still pretty damn secular anyway, and honestly, we're a little bit more concerned about stifling free speech than what the Christian voice has to say. So, all right. Um... Man, I'm going to snag a little bit uh, from Wikipedia just because, you know, that's an upstanding source that has a lot of quotes from the court cases and all of that listed. Like, the court case section is huge on their article, and then you can hop in through the sources and shit. Um, and so they said that Stuart Lee said about these protests, if you've been on the verge of becoming a millionaire and... That has not happened because of the far-right pressure groups, and your work has been banned and taken apart, and you've been threatened with prosecution, and the police have advised people involved with your production to go into hiding, and beds and bed and breakfast won't have the cast to stay because they're blasphemers, and you have to cross a BNP picket line to go to work in Plymouth, you start to think, well, what can be worse than that? And your wife divorced you, and your dog ran away, and you lost your job. <laughs> like, you know... It's got the makings of a country song there. Are we sure that this isn't... The... The wrong genre? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, uh, Jerry Springer also saw the West End production and was quoted as saying, Well, I saw it. When it opened, they invited me to come see it on the West End in London. I thought they did a really good job. I mean, I prefer it were, something, it were about something else. It was awkward for me to watch it. For one, it's about yourself, so there's no common experience. There's no one I can ask. Gee, how did you feel? I can't call Figaro or Carmen and say, hey, how'd you feel about your opera? It's just a very personal moment that I can't express to anybody. And then I felt a little bit awkward because as I was watching it, everyone was looking at me to see what my reaction was. It was uncomfortable. I mean, Jerry, that's kind of how it feels to be on your show, probably, I assume. It's like, yeah... Like when you sit the KKK guy right next to one of the Black Panthers, like yeah, yeah. Uh, when you yeah when you have neo Nazis talking to Holocaust, you know it's just 
it's Jerry's Jerry's show is just uncomfortable, and yeah. that's that's the thing is it's let's let's create the most uncomfortable scenarios for human beings Seriously. to exist in, and then we'll act surprised when they all break out into fist fights. Yeah. And then I'll end the show with looking into the camera and telling people, be sure to take care of yourself and take care of others. Jesus. See, I, again, I didn't watch his show, so... It, granted, it has been a long, long time, but I I've, like, I've, I know I've, I've touted it a lot, but mm-hmm. Weird Al's spoof on the Jerry Springer song, mm-hmm. like the Jerry Springer song, right there. That's yeah. all you need to know about Jerry Springer if you've never watched it. Jesus Christ. Man, I, I just... I don't know, like, I just never watched it, and... I don't know, maybe one day I'll watch you... an old episode. And no, like... you don't need to do that. It's why you have more brain cells than I do, okay? <laughs> it's why your soul is not as darkened and shriveled and decaying. It's why your spirit has not gone into necrosis within you. <laughs> and you feel the need to drive everybody else around you mad with random bouts of insanity and take a, uh, a podcast that your wife started... <laughs> as a musical theater podcast and turn it into just a profanity laced <laughs> bastardization of what they wanted to start it as. I don't know. I always wanted it to be whatever your reaction would be. And if, if, uh, if Starlight Express led us both into the mouth of madness, then so be it. <laughs> Soon everyone will understand the words of the train, Jesus. Oh. Anyway... <laughs> Steam forever be his name. Jesus. So, uh, the American premiere was in March of 2007 at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. It was performed in concert style for the HIV charity, The Golden Rainbow. And then, um... How is it a rainbow if it's golden? Just quick question about that. I don't know. I don't (laughs) don't know the answers. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) So, it's all right. So, uh, they had the official American premiere in Chicago of May of 2007, and it's been performed in Canada, Australia, Ireland, and had an off-Broadway premiere in 2018, and, uh, it's kind of like one of those ones where they're all, oh, well, uh, regional theaters can do this and stuff. Like, it's already kind of, I guess it's already licensed for that, which Hmm. is kind of a quick turnaround for a show to get licensed for that so i don't know maybe because not a lot of theater groups were clamoring to put it on considering the source material which and how surprises weird it is. me because i've seen sylvia or who is sylvia also known as the Whoosh. goat we'll have to watch that someday it's a straight play but it's uh it's an interesting one man and his love of a goat and the secrets that come about to his family because of this love of his goat. Or not his goat. Someone else's goat. Oh, so it's forbidden goat love. It's forbidden goat love. <laughs> oh. Like, I could I could see Salt Lake Acting Company maybe putting on something like the Jerry Springer musical or Plan B or something. Like, one of the, one of the less quote-unquote mainstream theaters here in utah like i i couldn't ever see hale doing it but i could see when i think about profanity musicals the two to come that my the two that come to mind mm-hmm. are avenue q mm-hmm. and uh, the book of mormon yeah um so i'm going to be 
comparing it to those two subconsciously when it comes to like material and, and i'm expecting this one to supersede them both because it's jerry springer and mm-hmm. the shit that just happens on jerry springer's show yeah so uh yeah i we're, we're, i'm sure we're in for an interesting ride yeah i th- i think we are too i because like so when i saw avenue q in england i did see a lot more of the parents bringing their children to the show thinking that it was puppets it's sesame um, street on broadway or well, on they, the west end they also had like a because when i went in june they had like this uh outdoor festival where they had a bunch of their west end shows uh doing performances and stuff and they had avenue q at one point and so i don't know if the parents saw that because they had to still make, they had to do like the most G-rated song, which there isn't a G-rated song, but they had to go with like the, the most accessible to all audiences song for the show, and I can't remember which song it was, um, but you know I don't know if maybe that was the case or what I don't know, like, I, I sit here and I go, to get. Fifty five thousand complaints. <laughs> what are we in for? <laughs> now, what I wonder about that: Are the English more likely to complain to the broadcasters than Americans? Because I know that there's like a metric that they go by, like every one complaint means that ten people were upset or something like that. Yeah. So, fifty five thousand seems like a lot. Yeah. Like even I just yeah. Because I I can't. I think that Americans are still more prone to complain to the BBC or complain to our broadcasters rather than Brits to the BBC, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I just I just know coming from an American standpoint that we get mad at everything. We got it from you, Mom. <laughs> got it from watching you, Mom, alright? <laughs> anyway. And mom is, is England. Yes. So. Yes. Anyway. The the oh. motherland. I don't I don't want my mom to think that <laughs> I'm blaming her for something related to Jerry Springer. She'd be like, I didn't know you were watching Jerry Springer when you were staying home from sick. You weren't sick. (laughs) You little shit. (laughs) Love you, Mom. Well, shall we uh, go see what all the fuss was about and why uh, 55,000 complaints were lodged at the BBC? (laughs) I, uh... I am up on the edge of my seat with anticipation. Anticipation. I don't know if you're going for that. It's from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. But I think you've blocked it entirely out. It's okay. No, there, trust me, there's very much of, <laughs> very much, um, of that show that I just don't remember. Very much don't care. <laughs> well, let's go grab those folding chairs. each other with. You're thinking of wrestling. I swear that people You're thinking were of knocking wrestling. each other around with folding chairs and Jerry Springer, uh, too. It's very or possible. throwing chairs at each other. It's very possible. Well, I mean, throwing chairs probably definitely did happen. People were more likely to, like, lunge at one another, because mm. you'd be like... Let me give you an example of Jerry Springer, like, an average day. This, this is just run-of-the-mill, <laughs> normal Jerry Springer, is the guy who was having sex with three girls, two of which were his sisters, gets all three pregnant, but all three love him and want him to be with them. And all four of them are on stage. And they're all calling each other hussies. 
So that is that is a scenario that you would find yourself encountering in the Jerry Springer universe that would not be out of place. You would not bat an eye at that. You'd be like, oh, that's not even the most extreme thing I've seen this week. What kind of white nonsense? Like I said, this is the apex of white trash garbage television. So, yeah, I, I'm very curious what specific episodes may have influenced this musical. I think Kay now regrets this more than uh, I ever did. <laughs> Let's all go to the sofa. Let's all go to the sofa. Let's all go to the sofa. I'll need to bleach my brain. <laughs> and you'll bleach your brain. <laughs> Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah! Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Hey guys, my name is Tara. And my name is Jessica, and together we co-host the podcast, Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal or murder, join us every Monday as we tell our listeners about a new spooky tale or true crime case. We'll have a special drink recipe each episode picked out by me for you to enjoy while we scare the hell out of you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell else you listen to podcasts. Come hang out with us and get your spooky on. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. Well? Jerry, 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 Jerry. What the fuck? What, what the, the fuck? fuck? What the, the fucking fucking fuck? fuck? <laughs> Was that? Uh, so... Right off the bat, neither Kay or I knew what to expect with this show. I will say that I am pleasantly surprised because it made us laugh. Uh-huh. And it made us go, huh? And it made us go, what? And it made us go, ugh. And it made us go, ha 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 ha. Mostly it made us go, ha ha ha. And, uh, and you say that that first act is pretty indicative of a I regular mean, Jerry Springer. I mean, after after we watched it, uh, I went to YouTube and, and looked up just a Jerry Springer clip to show Kay. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, 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 the first half of this is more or less an operatic version of shit you would see on Jerry Springer's show. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, the latter half of the show, the scene changes, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> what I liked, though, was that even when it changed, it was more or less the same as the yeah, first half. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I will say the second act, or second half of the show, is my favorite. Like, I think it's normally split into three acts or something, but for this they had it just in the two. But 
I I love the second act. <laughs> the second act was amazingly brilliant. I the first act has me very scared <laughs> for a large population of people. <laughs> it um considering that this show has been going for more than 25 years. It's as I, in Jerry Springer not Oh yeah, opera, Jerry. But... It, uh, it's trash TV. It's it's trash TV. You don't want to stare but you can't look away if you are home during the day and you don't have anything better to do. Uh, yeah. See, I'm surprised Jerry Springer has survived, like, this long. Like, really? I am pretty yeah. surprised. Yeah. But, uh, it's still going. It's, uh, it's a little, it's a little horrifying. Yes. So, okay. Um, the sooner we dive in, the sooner we can, uh, forget this ever happened. Yep. <laughs> The show opens up with a multicultural group of people from all walks of life singing about how their mom used to be their dad, snip snip, and she was slighted by a lesbian dwarf. Buckle the fuck up, folks. It's only going downhill from here. The the casual transphobia in the yeah. opening and with the first guest with Jerry Springer. Do not prepare there, you for what comes next. Well, even, <laughs> I would say, even for 2005, it's yeah. very transphobic in yeah. a lot of ways. Like, it's, it's, yeah, this show is definitely not concerned about yeah being PC at all or yep. even anybody's feelings. Like, I could, I could see somebody who, um, being part of the trans community might find this show particularly difficult just with the the ferocity that they kind of I I will say hurl slurs about that as of. a non-cis person that opening scene did make me uncomfortable and the first guest did but that all went out the window with the second guests like then it, then it was just quaint after that. Uh, so what you're saying is you got desensitized rather quickly. Yeah, because then it just went into, oh, oh. So I will let... I thought only furries did that. I will let our listeners know every character in this show, like, you know, of course the characters, not the actors. Every character in this show is terrible and sucks. Um, the audience... Jerry, God. There is one uh, <laughs> character who does not suck and who is blameless in all of this, and that is Steve. Okay. Steve is a good guy. Okay, fine. He, de he deserves we'll, better. We'll talk everyone with the exception of Steve <laughs> in the show is terrible, so just keep that in mind. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Okay. After some continued singing of pole dancing chicks with dicks and a multicultural choir concludes our opening song. A man looking for the David Letterman audience finds his way into the Jerry Springer audience by mistake. Stupid asshole, who you calling a stupid asshole? Asshole, you, you asshole, fuck you, fuck you. It does that back and forth. Like, there's yes. a, a lot of profanity in this. A lot of operatic singing of fuck you. A lot of operatic <laughs> profanity and... Cursing and uh, derogatory ness. <laughs> yeah, there are some slurs thrown about that I was like, ooh, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, I would say this show is particularly not friendly to the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Yeah, more than anybody else. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> fundamentalist Christians would probably argue that it's mostly against them. Nah. But no. Nah. Nah. Definitely no. I will Hard say. No. I will say that once it gets into the stuff that's quote unquote blasphemous, I'm like, they aren't. They're putting swears to it, but some that is still uh, what goes on. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how this opening bit goes, but with way more singing and profanity. The crowd is excited for the prospect of violence and bare breasts. Jerry's hype man comes out to Jerry's audience and programs the peasants for the show, cheering for the good guys, booing for the bad guys, and cheer for Jerry because Jerry likes having his ego inflated, among other things, allegedly. <laughs> so, just to recap, no fighting, no throwing things, no heckling, just cheering, booing, and chanting, Jerry, 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 and especially, obviously, have yourselves a good time, are the wise words of the hype man. The audience sings about what they want. Psychos, weirdos, winos, cocaine weirdos with no noses, open crotch shots, mothers who are prostitutes. The crowd is ready for the chaos to begin. And everybody in the audience slash choir is just, they, they want a freak show, is what they want. And that, I, I will mean, say, yes, opera is the perfect genre for a Jerry Springer. Like, out of any other genre of theater and art, opera is the best one, because this is... A really well done opera. This is like, it, that's the thing. Is it is <laughs> that's what's annoying about it. It is well sung, well acted, mm -hmm. well choreographed. That's the mm -hmm. thing. It is, it is a wondrous spectacle of a train wreck, and it is Jesus just Christ. so bizarre that you have so much beautiful singing and and great dancing and stuff to just profanity laced garbage fire it's just it's, yeah it's, it's this show definitely uh provides you with some contrasting emotions that because you want to be like entranced but also horrified yeah yeah engrossed but also repelled you know that's that's a word for how i feel after watching this because i'm uh, i don't I'm sitting here going, the music was really good, and it was really entertaining, but also, what the fuck? <laughs> I think this is one of those shows that is probably better with a chemical additive of, you know, dealer's choice, whatever yeah, is your thing. Maybe. It's already a fever dream. <laughs> fever. Uh, this... Fever I, dreams are never good. <laughs> I almost feel like saying this show is stroke-inducing. Uh, <laughs> I could feel one building. I don't know about you, but... I'm gonna need to drink this show away. Mm -hmm. I hope we have enough gin. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God! Anyway, uh... The alarm sounds, and Jerry's hype man sets the scene for the Dark Lord of White Trash, who descends from on high to give the people <laughs> the White Trash shit show they deeply desire. <laughs> Jerry shakes the hands of his audience members to their enthralled cheering and then sets... Uh, he then gives us the skinny on today's show. All of Jerry's guests today have secrets and their partners want to get those secrets off their chests and to get them to come clean. Jerry's first guest is Dwight. Dwight is getting married 
and has been seeing his fiancée for two years, and they're getting married in two months. What is it that you want to tell your fiancée, Dwight? Dwight's secret is that he's been seeing someone else, her best friend, Zandra. <gasps> Jerry brings out Dwight's fiancée, Peaches. Jerry encourages Dwight to divulge his dark secret to Peaches, and he does with the long, belting bravado only an opera singer can do. To which Peaches says, What, what, what? The fuck, fuck, fuck? Who, who, who? The fuck, fuck, fuck? Not, not quite like what that. What the but fuck? Yeah, what it's the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fucking fucking fuck? Who, who, who? Who, who, who? Yes. I, I want a screenshot of that moment <laughs> with the captions and just to put it up as a reaction image now because... <laughs> Dwight reveals to his fiancée, Peaches, that the person he's been cheating on her with is her best friend, Zandra. Zandra comes out on stage to give her soliloquy. She remembers when they were young and had some fun, full of dreams, until she got addicted to crack and dope. And that concludes the extent of her backstory, I guess. Peaches and Zandra go at it briefly in a flurry of profanity and threats. The two are broken up by Steve, that Steve that Kay and I mentioned the earlier. Good guy. The only redeemable, well, you know, it takes a special kind of person to want to be security on Jerry Springer's show. True, but, but Steve, you can see that he has a good heart. Well, uh, let, let me get to this point too, because uh, Steve's also a little skeevy now that I think about it. Because uh, we're greeted to Steve, who has a smile on his face as he says that the hardest fights to break up on the show are the fights between women, then goes back to having his hands on both women's chests. Okay, so, I, I just more saw it as more of like a, he was just, because you notice he's excited to get in there with whoever's fighting, and like, he, he reminded me of a Labrador retriever who just wants to do his job. And, see, and that's fair, but at the same time, uh, he gets to do his job and maybe cop a feel at the uh, same time. So, yeah, fair. So fair. while, so keep that in mind. While he is the best character in this show, he's still he's still a little skeevy. So yeah. that gives you an idea of everybody else in the show. If 2020 has taught me anything, it's that there are no unicorns and nobody's perfect. You're not going to get a hundred percent pure of a human being. I mean, look later in the show too. I feel like that should people <laughs> should know that already. Anyway. The two former best friends break back before blows can become break back before blows can be thrown. And Jerry asks Zandra, "Why would you cheat with your, on your best? Why would you cheat on your best friend with their fiance? It wasn't me. It was the blow," says Zandra. "No, not what I'm saying. No, no, what I'm. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm messing this up. Yeah, because she her line is she goes, "It wasn't me. It was the blow. Know what I'm saying?" And <laughs> after every line, she goes, "Know what I'm saying?" Yep. Dwight would come over and he'd be stressed. Know what I'm saying? I think we all know what she's saying. Mm -hmm. Jerry tells Peaches that she's the innocent one in this, and what does she have to say to Zandra? Peaches divulges that, and a theme that we'll see in this is every time Jerry's like, oh, you're the innocent one in this, that innocent person is not so innocent. Mm -hmm. Peaches talks about that the other night, late last night when she was going to take a leak, a man was on the floor of the bathroom and wanted Peaches to piss on his face. So she did, because she's a lady. It's, they, it, yeah. 
this show was so fucking weird. Um, Jesus Christ. Just <laughs> And you said that this was tame compared to Jerry Springer. Well, it's rapid fire because like, yeah. they squeeze like, I want to say six, what would be six episodes of Jerry Springer into one show. So imagine like the Dwight Peaches, Zandra shit going on that would be the whole episode like that drama and then they it's another episode when it's the next people another episode with the next people so it's like they they crammed as much uh what fuckery they could into the the opera that's why it was like so, so much fuckery it was very rapid fire just pew 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 onto the next onto the next onto the next jesus christ so we've covered that uh peaches is a lady and that's why she pees on strange men in bathrooms <laughs> Entering the scene is Jerry's inner Valkyrie, who checks in with Jerry to see how he's doing. In these troubling times, we all need an inner Valkyrie. The inner Valkyrie was great. <laughs> I guess we can exclude her from the f yeah. the shitty people because, well, then again, she's only in Jerry's head, they've established. Yeah. But she pops in every now and then to, like, opera sing at Jerry and ask how he's doing. And Jerry has moments where he's like, this isn't how I thought my life would be, you know? And yeah. And it's the Valkyrie's pretty great. And she's yeah. in she's in full on typical like Viking garb, you yeah, know, with the, like the stereotypical Valkyrie role of a uh, Wagnerian opera sort of thing. What Kay said, like like the fat lady sings that sort of outfit. That's the, oh, is the fat lady sing trope supposed to refer to a Valkyrie? It, well, because I know I know like that makes sense. It's not yeah. always how the fat lady sings, and the Valkyrie is the one who comes down to yeah. collect the dead heroes to take them to Valhalla. Yeah. And in, I'm not as well versed in opera, but I know that that's a common opera trope, more so than musical theater trope. And now but, I'm thinking of the opera scenes with Bugs Bunny. Yes, and that's also where you get your val. Any time that you've got that voluptuous woman with the yeah. wing horn, or it's wing not over until stuff. the Jerry Springer lookalikes tap dance. Oh my God. <laughs> So mull that We're thought. We're not even to that point. Mull that thought over for later. Back to the white trash shit show at hand. Dwight admits to Zandra that he's been cheating on her too with Tremont, the tacky queen, who sings that she's a man. So if my notes sound incorrect or offensive, I apologize. It's this show. It's incorrect and offensive. You're having to read it verbatim for yeah. what? Well, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to like read it without coming across as a transphobe. Mm -hmm. Uh, or so, dropping the amazing slurs that they like they do a, holy shit they do a lot of like we mentioned earlier this show is very attacking of people in the lgbtq mm -hmm. community like not just trans like gay bisexual lesbian yep. like, they particularly throw slurs out related to that community uh they never do a racial slur they For just once. do Sexual orientation slurs. For once, slurs. the black side of, like, the, the me being a black person wasn't as under attack in a musical. Just as you being, as a bi person. Just me being bi and being technically a member of the trans community because I'm not cis. And I'm just like, wow! Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of novel to only have one... <laughs> Oh, while I was apologizing, apologizing, apparently Tacky Queen is revealed to be messed up because their brother is their dad. So that's a neat bit of backstory for uh, Tremont. Yeah. Tremont plants her narrow ass down in the seat next to Dwight, and 
and says, uh, and and the he says, she says, they said, we said, you said, they said, she said, he said, goes on for a bit before Tremont gets on her knees and tells Dwight she loves him. Jerry asks Dwight, who, who is Dwight going to choose to be with? Dwight sings that he wants his baby back, Peaches. Peaches tells Dwight to fuck off in song form, and the audience sings and calls the white trash gang a bunch of losers. Jerry tells everyone to not go anywhere as more secrets will be revealed after these commercials. I love the commercials. I didn't cover any of the commercials because I don't know if I could cover them. Yeah, really. no, they're, they, they're just great. They're they're. <laughs> satire of the kind of shit that you would see in commercials like the only one i can think of was it was like my favorite one was the prozac one where yes. it shows a guy with like a gun to his head and it was like step back with prozac you yeah. know and they they do that kind of stuff with a wide variety of different kinds of given to jesus was a great one too given to jesus or you will die that's right given to jesus or you will die horribly didn't they Say, yeah yeah so stuff like that they're just making fun of things that you would normally see so during daytime tv on yeah. commercials so pills being hawked beverages any number of consumer related products anyway back from the entertaining choir narrated commercial break to jerry's hype man encouraging the audience to continue inflating jerry's ego jerry 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 jerry's next guest is montrell and andrea but Montrell has a secret he wants to tell Andrea. He loves her with all of his heart. Kay is cringing right now. Uh, and this part was so freaking great with your reaction and everything. Anyway, sorry. Montrell is telling Andrea that he loves her with all his heart. But there is one thing he could that she could do for him that could change his life. Montrell wants to be his baby's baby, meaning he wants to tear off his clothes, revealing he's only wearing a diaper, and Andrea is understandably upset and wants Montel to get therapy. After a brief intrusion from Jerry's inner Valkyrie, Montel sings about his other dirty secret that's helped him get his thrills, just a little harmless thing. He wants to shit his pants, pooping in his Calvin Klein's. Do, 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 do. And Montrell has been cheating on Andrea with baby Jane, who isn't a real baby, don't worry. Instead, she's another adult who likes to dress up as a baby. Perfectly normal thing to get your jollies off of, right, Kay? Right, Kay? Left, Kay? Center, Kay? Up, Kay? Down, Kay? Right, Kay? Oh, God. Um, yes, so Montrell... That was about the point that my brain went, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, weird fetish shit is stuff that would be covered in Jerry Springer. So it gave me flashbacks to the period of time before we met when I was learning how to make mascot costumes and stumbled into the furry community. Oh, sweet summer child. And they were, I, I remember those days. Those were innocent days before I knew what a baby fur was. <laughs> <laughs> and now I get to relive that exact moment with, with opera music. Oh God! But with like an operatic reliving of it, Kay. Isn't that so much better? You know what, though, if he had been in a fur suit and a diaper, that would have been a little less weird to me. 
You know, if they would have had a furry in this, it would have been the less, it would have been, it the, least been the least weird thing weird. of the entire show. Yeah, because then it's like, oh, you just want to be a chill dude and do whatever you want. Okay, you're not going to fuck anybody over. But then it would have been a furry who fucks their cousin and is cheating on their cousin with their with their sister's mom who isn't their mom. Like, it, it would be like some sort of weird Jerry Springer. You just described something that's perfectly normal for the world of Jerry Springer. Anyway, <laughs> because the show was so weird, I'm going to try and not tangent us too much. Um, because we've only scratched the fucking surface. Y'all. Baby Jane <laughs> has her intro moment, and it's just her and the audience singing about how this is her Jerry Springer moment, and she doesn't want this moment to die. That's a reoccurring theme. They'll bring someone in, and they're like, this is my Jerry Springer moment, and I don't ever want this moment to end. So I dip me it's... in chocolate. So dip me in chocolate and throw lesbians. me to the lesbians. I. What the fuck? Unpack that thought. So is that thought saying that lesbians enjoy chocolate the most? I don't know. I don't I... know. It's not a thing I've ever. You know. I don't know. You know how like I I, I've said this before, and you've heard me say this before, and I've seen it in other media too. But someone will be like, you know, spank my ass and call me Sally, or you know, something like that. I think the new one I'm going to use is dip me in chocolate and throw me to the lesbians. I don't know. I almost want to look it up and make sure that that's not some sort of anti-gay bullshit. Because oh. with the way that things are going with this show, good point. <laughs> I wouldn't use anything for this show except for the thing at the end that ruined tap dancing for me uh, as a phrase. <laughs> Jerry asks Baby Jane what she wants to say to Andrea. Baby Jane, like Montrell, just wants to be smacked on the asshole like a bad baby. Trying real hard not to kink shame here, but what the fuck I'm is gonna with diaper shame. play? What the fuck I'm is gonna with diaper play? Shame. I, I don't... I don't uh, just oh okay 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 you know I don't want to devote the mental energy to talking about pants shitting fetishes uh, like that is so unsanitary and so gross and Jesus Christ no I'm a kink shame don't do no according oh. to Montrell if you're feeling blue about his about this situation what will make you feel better is to poop your fucking pants and then he sings more about pooping his pants the choir sings about poopy pants and diapers and jerry dismisses everyone for another commercial break andrea stays on stage and sings about wanting to sing something beautiful and how she wants to stand on a hill in the arms of her lover bathed in the light of rainbows with spring in her heart and love by her side security steve ushers andrea off the stage so they can go to their commercial break and that part was actually great because as Andrea's staying on the stage, just being like, I want to sing mm -hmm. about a hill. Jerry's like, uh, get get off the stage. Like, we're, we're done. Come on. Yeah. Go. Like, he's like, he's like trying to finish this in the green room. Come on. Yeah, you can finish this in green room. Uh, Jerry Springer's character was pretty funny. He's the only one who doesn't sing yes. in the entire show. All of his lines are just normal. Mm -hmm. And uh, he... His character, I think, was cast perfectly. Yes. He did a great job, and he reminded me so much of comedian Louis Black. Yes, he did. So much of comedian Louis Black. If they did a revival of something like this, you could get Louis Black yeah. to play Jerry Springer, and I think it would be hilarious. Oh, my God. Back from commercials, 
Jerry's hype man sings about how before he saw Jerry on TV, he was in a low place. A very low, low place. But now, he's appreciated and valued and a part of Jerry's team. Backstage, Jerry is like, that fucking hype man sucks. He's getting fired. The hype man comes backstage to be like, I love you, Jerry. You mean the world to me. Jerry fires his hype man, who is very upset, and sings profanity at Jerry before storming off. Mm-hmm. That part was pretty funny, though, because when he, when he fires him and then he's like, goes off stage, then he comes back on stage, he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> yes. Jerry has a moment of self-reflection with the audience and tells them about how he paid for a prostitute with a check, <laughs> then later went on to be elected as mayor of Cincinnati. Oh, America. For 2005, that just sounds so quaint. I know, and then right? In the modern hellscape that is American politics, it's like, oh, just a prostitute? Those were the good old days. <sighs> Back to the train wreck at hand, Jerry's new guest, Chantel, wants to stop cleaning up other people's shit and get back in touch with her dreams of being a pole dancer. Chantel <laughs> confesses that her husband doesn't, uh, doesn't know because they don't talk very much. Jerry brings Chantel's husband, Chucky, on, who calls his wife a whore and a slut and tells her to put her clothes back on. Chantel is like, talk to the ass. I just want to dance on the pole. You're only against me pole dancing because you've never seen me dance. Jerry's like, well, we have a pole and we have some music. Have at it. Yep. <laughs> Chantel sings her female empowerment song about not taking people's shit anymore and how she's going to be true to herself from now on and dance. I will say I liked that song a lot. Like, that part was fine. Yeah, like, that I, part was... I'm like, if you really want to be a... Like, if you... If you want to be a pole dancer, go, go be a pole dancer. Go be a pole dancer. I He's mean, watching at the strip club anyway, so... Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Jerry brings out Chantel's mother, who is a very conservative individual, who says that her daughter has no name and is just a whore who will fry in hell for her sins and that she wishes she would have died in child... Uh, during childbirth. Mm -hmm. Chantel lets the insults fly back at her mother, calling her a skank ass who causes cancer to those around her. Loving family. Jesus it really, Christ. really warms my heart. Jerry asks Chucky his take on the whole situation. Chucky says that if Chantel doesn't give up her pole dancing dreams, he'll leave her for someone else. Chantel calls Chucky a inbred three-nippled cousin fucker, <laughs> which might be my favorite new insult. Jerry tells Chucky, you think you're innocent, but we've been following you around with our secret Jerry cam. Oh my God. <laughs> Turns out Chucky is a cheater and a Klansman. And this is the part of the show where Jerry brings out the KKK. God. And the KKK sings <laughs> about how this is their Jerry Springer moment. Remember I said that was a reoccurring theme? And they do a tap dance number <laughs> singing about how they don't want this moment to die. Interspitting with inter, intersplit with them, talk about how they hate Jews and blacks, and then yeah. going back to tap dancing. And how this New York is. Democrats. And New York Democrats. And there were black KKK members. Kay, that. Kay noticed that, yeah. which I thought was great. <laughs> Kay's like, some of those KKK people are black. And I'm, made me think of Dave Chappelle's Black Klansman. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that it was just the choir yeah. in the KKK yeah. robes, but still, I was but kind still. of like, yeah, it, it's still funny. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, and a security guard and Montrell, the diaper baby, wrestle over Jerry's hype man, Jerry's hype man's gun, and the gun accidentally shoots Jerry as he's having his final thought. Nice foreshadowing there, Jerry. And because <laughs> I like it, he's like my and he's like final thoughts, and then boom, and he gets shot. Yeah. End Act One. We come back from Act One to angelic singing and a misty white star-filled scene with lots of chanting. Jerry sits in a wheelchair with a bloody bullet hole on his dress shirt and tie. The singing wakes Jerry, and the angelic choir sings his name over and over and over again for about <laughs> 30 seconds. One of the angelic nurses, question mark? Yeah, they, they were, were like British nurses. I think, uh, comes over and shows Jerry his bedpan, and Jerry is like, that can't be mine, I don't ever eat sweet corn. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, Steve from security gives Jerry a cigar. Steve from security gives Jerry a cigar. Jerry is like, this place is pretty cool. And right on cue, pale, ghostly imitations of Jerry's guests come on stage to be like, we eat, excrete, and watch TV. And that Jerry is there for them. Mm -hmm. Jerry is like, I am, I am pretty great, aren't I? The ghostly apparitions of Jerry's guests come down to tell Jerry what he's done to them. I'm not entirely sure what this scene is. Is Jerry dead? I think he's dead. Or he's in a coma. The scene is too ethereal and ghostly. Jerry's guests come down and seem to be telling the audience what happened to them after Jerry's show. Chantel lit Chucky on fire. Uh, <laughs> Trinette shot herself but didn't die. And Dwight is having sex with her half-dead body. Uh, Andrea is just not happy because her illusion of love has been shattered. So he's... I will correct with Dwight. Dwight is it. fucking a different guy. Oh. Because he mentions he's fucking a dead man as he was dying. And he knows he was dying because he was holding the pillow over his face as he was fucking him. Thank you for that. Uh, You're welcome. Horrifying correction, Kay. You're welcome. Yeah, no, uh, Tremont we... shot herself in the head, but is oh. half dead, and that's her story, and then Dwight's is separate from hers. Continue. <sighs> I'm so glad we could clear up that misunderstanding. It really fills out the plot holes in this and brings the show <laughs> into a, a new echelon of creative, artistic... I'm just here for accuracy, babe. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Okay, yeah, Dwight's fucking... A dead person as he's killing him. Andrea is not happy because her illusion of love has been shattered. Jerry tries to tell everyone to uh, just get over it. Baby Jane comes on stage and is all bruised and looks beat up. Jerry asks what happened to her. And she says that Mama gave her a smack on the ass and the head with a monkey wrench. And she turns around to show that there's a wrench embedded in her skull. Mm-hmm. Jerry almost has a moment of self-reflection, but as he states, a person with less broadcasting experience might feel guilty about all these people <laughs> that they came to horrible ends because of being on his garbage fire of a show. Mm -hmm. The wraiths of Jerry's show all wail about how it's Jerry's fault they're dead, and Jerry is like, hey, you got a free room and board, travel, food, expenses, and signed a disclaimer, and uh, it's not... And uh, it's not, none of this is his fault to stop... Yeah, that's right. Jerry's like, this none of this is my fault, so stop breaking my balls and get, <laughs> get out of here. 
and Jerry is like, where the hell are we anyway? The choir of nurses and Jerry's guests sing as a man in a red suit and goat hooves descends the stairs to make his grand entrance. It's Jerry's hype man, but now he's the devil. Jerry laughs and is like, ha, you suck. You're no longer my hype man. It takes more than a red suit to make someone the devil. Jerry commands security Steve to throw out devil hype man. But devil hype man uses his devil powers to freeze Steve so that his henchmen can kill him. Rip Steve. Yeah. And I guess they don't actually kill him. They just no. beat him up and throw him off stage. But it looked mm -hmm. like they killed him. Yeah. Because they beat him pretty severely. Yeah. And Steve comes back. Steve comes back. Steve will live. <laughs> Jerry tries to walk back his criticism of Devil Hype Man, but Devil Hype Man is like, ha, 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 not so fast, Jerry. And then he says he's here to make Jerry go down, down, down <laughs> to hell. Jerry tries to tell him he can't go to hell because he's Jewish. And besides, at this point in his career, it would just be a side move anyways. <laughs> The devil hype man prepares to drag Jerry to hell, but the ghostly cries of Baby Jane singing on behalf of Jerry, saying that it's not his fault. Jerry's not responsible for these people. Society has an ugly face, contorted, smeared with shit. Jerry didn't make it so. He merely holds a mirror up to it. Jerry's like, yeah, 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 it's not my fault. I do the mirror thing. <laughs> and that's literally the line. <laughs> Devil Hype Man could care less and is like, ha, you're still going to hell. The entire choir, minus Baby Jane, continues to sing about how Jerry needs to get ready to go down, down, down to hell. <laughs> Jerry is like, but why? I'm not a bad guy. Why do I have to go to hell? Devil Hype Man reveals that he wants Jerry to go to hell because he wants Jerry to do a TV show for him in hell. Jerry's like, but I'm under contract with USA Studios, and they have a bunch of lawyers. You'd have to talk to them, and they're not here. Oh, yes, they are. And a severed head of one of the lawyers is tossed on stage to show that the devil means business. <laughs> devil Hype Man and the choir sing that if Jerry doesn't do this, not only will he still be dragged to hell, but he'll also be fucked up the ass with barbed wire. <laughs> Enjoy that mental image. And it, it gets repeated a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, yep it does. Jerry apparently agrees to do the show in hell as TV screens descend and, the sh and shows the disclaimer for the Jerry Springer in hell show, indicating that some level of Judeo-Christian knowledge may be necessary to fully grasp the topics. Baby Jane sings Jerry's hellish entrance and ushers him into the hell show. It's Jerry's normal set, but hellish. Demonic, decrepit, decaying. Baby Jane hands Jerry his cue cards, and Jerry reads that, For a long time, heaven and hell have been in conflict. <laughs> Your expression. I just, I, I fucked up my, my notes. Oh. For a long time, heaven and hell have been in conflict, but is it possible they can work things out? So that's what the Jerry Springer in Hell show is going to be, is attempting to to air the grievances and bring about resolution between heaven and hell which i'm like man yeah not not a bad plan but uh as will as will be revealed there are no good and bad sides mm-hmm yeah jerry's first guest is the devil who is like 
I used to be golden and bright, but then I rebelled and was cast out. Then God hurled me from the skies, not merciful to let me die. Paradise lost and pain eternal. The devil seems upset. Jerry says so. So what do you want? The devil is like, I want my wings back and to get out of hell. And I want a fucking apology. <laughs> Jerry is like, bitch, really? You started a war in heaven, then led humanity into a world of shit. And you want me to get Jesus to forgive you? The devil is like, just read the cue cards. Jerry ushers Jesus down as his next guest, and it's Montrell. Was it Montel or Montrell? Montel. Montel. Spelled it wrong that time. No worries. And it's Montel. Uh, you remember the diaper baby boy? He except now he's in a sparkling, more robe-like diaper this time. And uh, Jerry is like, Satan has something that he'd like to tell you, Jesus. To which Satan is like. The first half of Fuck You, but he sings it for the whole song. Jesus and Satan have this. I think Jesus was going to say tolerance. He was going to say talk to the hand because oh, the face ain't listening. Talk to the hand because he's going ta 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 to while Satan, holding his hand while out. holding his hand out to uh, Satan's pointing, going fa 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 fa. So it's fa ta fa ta fa ta like. I apologize. I apologize, <laughs> listeners. Uh, I'm just doing my best to 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 neatly wrap up this shit burrito for you to shove into your ears and uh, digest audibly. Kay's expression says it all, but you can't see it, but just feel it in your soul, and it's accurate. So while the fa-ta-fa-ta is going on, Security Steve jumps in the middle of these two opposing spiritual forces. Steve holds strong, but the prolonged attempt to keep these two apart causes him to smoke and collapse in exhaustion. Satan finishes his epic fa with a you. Jesus tells Satan to talk to the stigmata. <laughs> I feel like that joke would have been funnier if they would have actually painted a hole on his hand. They had a little bit. Of Did just, they? Yeah, it would just catch the light okay, every so I, often. It wasn't I, looked, very... I looked up and I totally missed it. So. Yeah, it wasn't very bright, so. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Satan is like, oh, he's turned... So Satan talking about Jesus, he's like, oh, he turned some water into wine and he walked across some water. Big deal. Here's your fucking cookie. And Jesus responds with, I don't want your fucking cookie. I want your love and your respect, goddammit. For I am Jesus, son of man, son of Mary, son of God, and I love all men. All of hell calls Jesus gay because he says that he loves all men. To which Jesus is like, I am a little gay. <laughs> I mean, hanging around with 12 dudes. I don't know. I mean, this is my... No judgment. I mean, I don't... No, no. Honestly, like, I'd, I'd believe that Jesus was at the very least bi. I mean, you can't completely discount Mary bye, Magdalene. Bye, bye. Uh, <laughs> Jerry then brings on Adam and Eve, who apparently hate each other. Eve sits next to Jesus and appears to have something to get off her chest. Eve is like, 
We eat a little fruit from a tree and for that we get li a life of misery? What the fuck? <sighs> a mild fright... <sighs> a mild fight breaks out on stage and Jesus ends up giving Eve a smack. And Jerry is like, Jesus Christ, you hit a woman! Jesus is like, screw you people, I had to die for your sins! Satan is mad that Jerry isn't getting Jesus to apologize to him, and Jerry is like, this is an impossible situation. Satan reminds him, reminds Jerry that if he fails, he gets Hell's, Hell's House Special, the backdoor barbed wire surprise. <laughs> Jerry is like, let's bring out our next guest, Jesus's teenage mother, Mary. <laughs> Mary comes out and apparently has some pent-up feelings regarding her son. A mild, where were you, where were you, where were you, argument breaks out on stage before Satan lashes out at Jerry again for not solving the issues. Jerry is like, I can't fix this sort of mirror, I can't fix this short of a miracle. And lo and behold, God descends from on high to be like, hey, it's not easy being God. Billions of voices calling out, all making the wrong choices, and turning around and blaming me? It ain't easy being me. <laughs> God tells Jerry that he wants him to come to heaven and sit beside him so that he can be his advisor. Satan is like, I'm not letting Jerry go. God and Satan have a tug of Jerry war, pulling him back and forth, and all heaven and hell break loose on stage. <laughs> As angels, demons, Adam, Eve, Satan, God, Jesus, and all other extras pull hair and slap the shit out of each other, which you haven't seen any of the Jerry Springer fights, but that, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of it. So lots of hair pulling, slapping, chairs throwing. That's why they have the security to break people up. <laughs> Jerry nabbed, Jerry gets nabbed and put in a metal cage. They prepare to dunk him in lava. And Jerry cries, please, no, I can fix this, let me try. Jerry then gives a half-assed story about his wife inviting their neighbor over for meatloaf. I don't know. The mob is not impressed and prepares to dunk him in fire, saying, burn, burn, burn. But Jerry cries for a second and then a third chance to sort this very <laughs> complex and confusing dilemma out. And then he's had enough. Enough! Jerry has had enough of this squabbling. He tells Satan that he won't ever get his apology. God, you're not ever going to get a shoulder to cry on. And Jesus, grow up and put on some fucking clothes, you diaper baby. <laughs> Jerry is like, life is about struggle. Good and bad. Yin and yang. Attraction and repulsion. I can't change that. All in, And in conclusion, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you all. <laughs> When he was doing that, it reminded me so much of Lewis Black. Because yes. I could just picture Lewis Black turning to both God and, and Satan being like, Fuck you, fuck you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So fuck you, fuck you, fuck all of you. Fix your own problems. Like I said, second act is my favorite act. <laughs> this apparently turned out to be the right answer. And all of heaven and hell unite to sing about how great Jerry is. I think. And like going, oh yeah, there is no good. There's no absolute. Yeah, there's, we no, all ab suck. there's no absolute good, no absolute bad, like that kind of thing. Uh, they sing that this is Jerry's Jerry Springer moment, mm -hmm. and he doesn't want it to end. The scene changes as both the devils and angels run off stage. 
Jerry is lowered down from his cage, and Baby Jane gives Jerry his suit, telling him it's over. It's Jerry, finished. It's finished. Jerry is like, you know what? I think I'm going to stay in hell. It's not confusing here. I think I like it. Baby Jane sings Jerry Ellison. Jerry Elazon. Jerry Elazon and Kay laughs their ass off. <laughs> Don't know why. Do you wanna do you wanna fill us in? Yeah. Alright, so Curie Elazon is just a Lord have mercy on us. It's on uh like it, it's it's a prayer and like the do Curie Elazon, which is Lord have mercy and So this would be Jerry have, have mercy? And it I Whenever I heard it, like, it would be, uh, they'd do it at funerals, they'd do it, uh, Lent time, so basically, like, a have mercy on your soul as you are judged by God after you die and stuff like that, but they just were using it to, uh, kind of, I don't know, poke fun at the fact that Jerry's gonna die <laughs> in this. Ah, uh. And yeah, because you'll you'll hear that in funerals in and I think they have it in Catholic mass. I know that we did it in the Lutheran church as well. Um, I didn't hear it as much in the ELCA Lutheran church as I did with Missouri Synod because Missouri Synod we would uh, do a Kyrie eleison all throughout Lent. Um, if I remember right, it's been like two decades <laughs> that's okay that's okay so after jerry's uh jerry eleison song security steve hands jerry his microphone and the scene transfers to the mortal plane as security steve is holding jerry right after he got shot and the choir is in the back singing please don't die jerry please don't die and so it basically the whole second half took place in, in between <laughs> Jerry getting shot and then dying. Yeah. So I guess it was just him having a fever dream. Mm -hmm. Or not a fever dream, but a... Shock. Yeah. Dream. There you go. He went into shock from being shot. Jerry is like, I don't think I'm dying. And if you'll excuse me, I'm going to get to the fucking hospital. The choir asks him for his final thoughts. Before that, my favorite part of that is where they're like, who will we turn to? And he's like... Oprah Winfrey, she's too tame. Dr. Phil, he sucks. He's too shit. Yeah, he's too shit. Ricky Lake, I guess that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for bringing that part up. Yes. And then they ask for his final thought. And Jerry says, there is no good and evil. We're all in a state of flux. When you look at these people that you judge as good and evil, you're looking at yourselves in a matter of months or years. So until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Then Jerry passes out on security, Steve, while the choir sings to take care of yourselves and each other. So take care of yourselves and each other. But not shitty. Because <laughs> uh, my voice is a little messed up right now. After, uh, after we think it's over, the tap dancing, oh God, okay, so, <laughs> Jerry, after giving his final thoughts, passes out on Steve, he's bloody, I don't know if he's dead or just passed out. I think out. he's supposed to be implied to be dead, because okay. he gets up and walks off while Steve is still holding him. Okay. 
So Jerry's dead, and uh, while the choir's, you know, it goes to black, and, and people get off stage, and then the scene changes a bit, and uh, the, it comes back on, and you think that it's over, but the tap-dancing Jerry Springer chorus line comes Jesus out Christ. to sing all of the show's greatest hits, like Mama Give Me a Smack on the Asshole, and... <laughs> Talk to the hand, and I've been seeing someone. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fucking fucking fuck? And one of my favorite, three-nippled cousin fucker, and other greats. And they do three-nippled cousin, three cousin fucker to what I think is a time step. And instead of three saying... Three-nippled like, cousin fucker. Yeah, instead of saying like fucker. the uh, shuffle step, uh, flap step, etc., I, I I keep defaulting to three nippled cousin fucker, three nippled cousin fucker, and that's how they do it. And it just I'll never I'll never think of anything else now with that. So thanks, Jerry Springer, the opera. So I have a bit I'm gonna try for this. Okay. Uh, like I said, my voice is a little shite at the moment. I can feel it right here on the side. No so worries. if this turns out terrible, I hope that everybody listening will forgive. The tap-dancing Jerry Springer chorus line comes out to sing all of the show's greatest hits like Mama, Give Me a Smack on the Asshole and Talk to the Hand and I've Been Seeing Someone Else. What the fuck, what the fuck, what the fucking fucking fuck. Three-nippled cousin fucker and other greats. Order now for your copy of I Can't Believe It's Not Jerry Springer Volume 6. <laughs> Operators are standing by. Thank you for listening to this off-the-rails episode of Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. Good night, folks. The end. So yeah, that was an adventure, a spectacle, a a, a oddly harmonious and beautiful to listen to garbage fire. Yeah. Um, I, I, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought a opera could be made out of Jerry Springer's uh, white trash shit show television show? Um, yeah. But but they did, and they did a surprisingly good job. Well, that's the thing, is that if you were to put Jerry Springer to any, any genre, opera is the one to do it with, because his show is pretty... Like, from just what you told me and the way that things slotted in in this, his show is kind of operatic. Like, you've got your, you've got your extremes, you've got I mean, the he, drama, you've got the... They do a lot of sub... One of the things that I remember when I did watch Jerry Springer, you know, the, the times that I did catch it when I was faking being sick so I didn't have to go to school, um, <coughs> is that they would subvert your expectations. So mm -hmm. It would be like... So and so is out here because they cheated on their partner, and they feel like they have to tell them this so that mm -hmm. they can get this weight off their chest. And then their partner comes out and they tell them that they cheated on them, and then their partner's like, "Oh yeah, well I've been cheating with your entire family." And then the <laughs> entire family comes on and they're like, "We're all pregnant with his seed." And then it's like, "But you can't be pregnant with his seed because I'm pregnant with his seed." And then it's like, "Oh." And then the, some family long-lost relative will come out and be like, oh, it turns out that we're actually all cousins and that you were <laughs> separated by marriage or something. Or you were your twins who were separated at birth. You know, it, it just, it's always a, 
a change. Like, you know, <laughs> there was one that I remember, this, I'm, this, I can't believe that this burrowed its way into my brain, but important mathematics did not. Um, there was an episode I remember seeing of Jerry Springer with this woman who was telling her guy, but basically wanted to say that it's over because he had talked her into a threesome kind of thing and and it kind of had ruined her for him kind of thing. So he comes out and he's like, yeah, I've had a threesome with, with two women, da-da-da-da-da. And then both of the women that he slept with come out and they're leaving him to be lovers with them, <laughs> each other kind of thing. And, and, and it, then it, but yeah, so stuff like just, that was one of those things. Just, <laughs> just, that's what makes me think is, a, is some of the, is shit made up because I'm like, they say truth is stranger than fiction. Uh, Tiger King is an example. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to think about this world that we are in. Uh, I will say, though, even though there were parts that made me very uncomfortable. The the biggest issues with this show definitely are the uh, the transphobic yeah. and homophobic Like, tones. without those, then this show, the most that I would have been is just, what the fuck is this imagery? I don't know if part of it is because of the time that it was done since it was made in 2005 yeah. in, Eng like in England. I don't know if it was made in 2005 <clears throat> in the U.S., if it would be any better. No. But but absolutely not. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things is one of the reasons that, you know, the 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 kind of the aggressive attitude towards trans people and yeah. like, oh, chicks with dicks, chicks with dicks. Like yeah. that stuff I, I think is more a result of the social mm -hmm. time. Especially because that was honestly like uh, the early 2000s was when I heard that the most, um, like that specific phrasing the most for uh, a trans woman. And so it's definitely a product of its time. But without that, you could still have a really good Jerry Springer opera. Like um, if, if you swapped that out for more three-nippled cousin fuckers or more... Because... Uh, I don't know, unless there was that amount of transphobia in the Jerry Springer show itself, like... I don't recall, you know, the really more is the stuff that, in the very beginning when they're talking about my mother used to be my father, snip, snip, like, because there, a, you could, something that would not be out of characteristic for a, a Jerry Springer thing would be a woman wanting to tell her fiance before they get married that she was born a man yeah stuff like that like mm -hmm. so like there was sometimes trans things wow i'm making it sound like i'm i fucking watched a ton of jerry springer <laughs> um it's not like it, i mean I, I saw it here or there but the problem with uh trauma is that you remember those things yes and it's, it wasn't really trauma for me it was more of me a little definitely too young to really be watching Jerry Springer going like I I can't turn away and mm -hmm. now I want to go listen to uh Weird Al's Jerry mm -hmm. Springer song like on repeat for like 10 hours <laughs> but yeah this this I would say the show is worth a watch because mm -hmm. if you can get past the um 
the homophobia of it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It is If you can get past the transphobic and homophobic first guest, the rest of it really is... It, it, it is fantastic. Just that one bit is enough... Is, it, that's enough for me to recommend this with a caveat. That and probably watch this sober. Because I don't know how this would work if you weren't sober. I would be afraid of watching this on any sort of substance but it is available on broadway hd so there's that (laughs) uh ruckland actually was uh talking in our chat because i had mentioned that we were watching it he was just like wait what (laughs) and so he he actually like put broadway hd on his tv just to watch it buckle up ruck i think i think he was watching it around the same time we were but we were pausing and stuff so i haven't heard what his opinion is of that oh, show man but it was whew. yeah yeah like, yeah i i i definitely other than three nippled cousin fucker and what the fuck what the fuck what the fucking fucking fuck I probably won't be having any songs from this stuck in my head. But a lot of it was more, you know, it was opera, so it, was, it didn't have the same uh, cadence as a song that would be catchy to get stuck in True. your head. Because, like, especially the guy that played Dwight slash God, you know, like, mm-hmm. he was he, he was a very, there were a lot of very classical opera bits where it's just mm-hmm. like the, I've been seeing someone, I've been seeing someone, someone. <laughs> seeing someone like you know, that mm-hmm. kind of tone to it yeah. you know it wasn't yeah it wasn't poppy or catchy then or again, rhythmic I'm, it was I'm more the nerd just... who gets arias stuck in their heads that's, so that's that's <laughs> fair i feel like stuff like this uh my brain is pretty well bulletproof yeah i because i mean i not that i don't like operas i do mm-hmm. i do like that style of music it just doesn't get stuck in my head yeah kind of thing except for diva dance that is in a category <laughs> all of its own my darling so do you have anything more you want to say any final thoughts on jerry springer the opera final thoughts sometimes too much freedom and creativity is a bad thing Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. So maybe next time you have a thought, just let it go. Be good to yourself and be good to others. God, I love you. I love you. Well, are you ready for uh, what our next episode will be? No. No, uh, this this has scrambled my brain for, like, the next ten shows. That is unfortunate, because this episode is episode 68. <gasps> meaning. Oh, boy. 69 <laughs> is up next. Yay! And guess what, Warren? What? Against my better judgment, I will allow you to take the reins. <gasps> You've made me so happy. I don't even know what we're going to be covering. I don't know what's going to happen. This is a full-on 
Warren extravaganza, but oh, we have to celebrate it will Warren's be, favorite number. It will be perverse <laughs> and disgusting and will make Richard proud. Oh, are we doing it in memory of Richard? Well, I'm going to challenge Richard's ghost. Channel, I'm going to channel Richard's spirit into my being. And together, Richard and I are going to be like, 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 those two actors whose names I can't remember from the movie Ghost when they're making that pottery together. That's going to be Richard and I. Richard's going to be spooning me as I work the clay that is my keyboard and, and type out episode 69, Giggity. So it'll be a celebration of Richard's life then? Or, be, uh, I don't or know. Or a celebration it... of sexual humor? Um, um... There will be plenty of sexual humor, of Excellent. course, because I'm me and you, I, I can't be mature. Do you think the world well, I mean, will be able to handle it, though? The world, Kay, may never be the same. This, this is my solemn vow to you and our tone-deaf listening audience. If come hell, heaven, or the beasts of the deep, I will make this a spectacle for all time! I'm now a little frightened, but I've already given you the reins. You cannot take I the reins back. I cannot take the reins back. The power of episode 69 flows through me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, listeners, stay tuned to Tone Deaf to see uh, what's going to be happening with ex episode 69. Giggity. <laughs> so thank you all for listening to this episode again sorry that we're a little behind um <laughs> god damn it <laughs> uh hope that you guys are still being safe staying indoors if you're able to um while you're checking us out you can also check out some other awesome shows by going to the cast junkie discord server which is linked to on our website, ToneDeafMusical.com. ToneDeafMusical.com, where you can find links to all of our social medias, like our Facebooks, our Twitters, our Instagrams, and our general ToneDeaf Gmail email. And uh, as well as a link to the podcast Junkie Discord server, where you can find all these great shows that you didn't know you needed. Shows like 5 and 30 with our friend Ruckland, Pomegranates and Pitchforks, Private Island Presents Up All Night and Alone in the Dark podcast, Bird Brain podcast, as well as a number of fantastic audio dramas like The City Within the Walls, Sage and Savant, Oz 9, uh, Whichever Path, and many, many more like that... Ninth World Journal. Ninth World like, Journal. Mm. Many, many more that my... <laughs> shocked brain yeah I'm, I'm watching the gears trying to turn baby it's okay it's they, okay the the gears in my brain need it's to okay. be lubricated yeah we'll we'll lubricate those gears in a bit we'll lubricate them for mm. you i need those gears lubricated yeah, if i'm we'll... gonna do 69 justice <laughs> um also if you want to uh reach out and like really help support the show you can uh leave uh, reviews on iTunes and Podchaser. In fact, if you're doing it through Podchaser, up until April 30th, they are uh, doing a charitable event where reviews and replies to reviews will earn 
uh, money towards food, towards Meals with Wheels, and um, a couple of other uh, podcast uh, platforms and stuff have joined up to help with this and match donations. So it's just it's a really awesome chance. You can uh, review our show on there. You can review uh, the shows that we mentioned, any shows that you like on Podchaser. Um, and, uh, it, it, what's awesome with Podchaser 2 is you can review episodes, so not just the show, you can review episodes. And the best part is, with those replies, I let Warren loose. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes against my better judgment. <laughs> I mean, I think every single reply to a review we've had is nothing short of, uh, fucking art, so... So if you want to have Warren reply to a review, review us on Podchaser. <laughs> You won't regret it. Maybe. <laughs> so. <laughs> Depends on your moral compass. Yes, yes. Well, if... It depends on your sensitivity and if sensibility. They're, if they're listening to us right now, then uh, they they should be okay for a Warren reply. I mean, you don't say anything that would truly offend somebody for something that they can't change, like race or sexuality oh, or... Oh, hell yeah, no. Yeah, no. You just uh, tell sex jokes. <laughs> For the most part. You know, it's my superpower to turn the mundane into the extraordinary and the innuendo. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, listeners, until next time, when we'll find out what uh, Warren has been concocting. Huh, what I concoct for the 69? <laughs> See, it's already begun. <laughs> The creative oh, juices are flowing through me. Oh, God. And soon they will be released upon the unsuspecting podcast community. That'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. And I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Deaf. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye to